Welcome back to the Buffalo Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Hagen. This is episode 16. We're really deep into this now. Deep into the season. Um, Got to introduce my co-host here, Max, the official co-host of the Buffalo Sports Talk Podcast. How are we doing? Good. Very good. And um, we have my ex-official co-host, JP. He is back. So back. How's it going, boys? Nice to be back. I feel like it's just an odd dynamic because you were the first official co-host. And then you took your hiatus, which for valid reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, Max kind of took over the role, assumed the role, did a good job. He's earned it. He's earned it. He's earned it. And we'll, we'll see. Um, Thank you, boys. JP, you can be the official co-co-host, I guess. Um, I don't I don't want that. John's not here. This is supposed to be our first four-man pod in a while. Do you guys know when the last four-man pod was? I, Actually, I, I told Max. Just said I told Max. The time I was here. I told Max. But do you know what game that was? No. It was the pre-Miami pod. Actually, yeah. So I was J- going to say, I think Miami. JP hasn't been on a podcast since before the Miami game, so I guess we can blame JP for the downfall of the Bills, I guess. I'll take that. Okay. I haven't been wearing my usual Bills attire because they disappointed me, so. Well, that's kind of sad. It's depressing. But John, I don't know. He might join us. He might not. He was supposed to be here. We'll see. He said he would not show up until the Bills win again, but... Um, they won, and he's not here, so we'll see. Um, but, I mean, I don't think there's anything else other to say than, are the Bills back? Do we know? They get a big win over the Jets, obviously, a 32-6 to win. They allow one touchdown. They put up a few themselves. Um, just going to ask for, I guess we'll start with Max, my official co-host. What, what's just your main takeaway from this game? I think we're back. I really do. Both sides of the ball. I thought... I, some hiccups on offense, in my opinion, and we can dive into it. But, you know, for the most part, for starters, 32 points against the Jets defense, top three in the NFL. It's the first time the Jets defense has given up more than 30 points since 2021. Wow. That's a, a stat lo- right there. Long time. That's crazy. It's been a while. But a um, couple, especially early, three straight drives – you get field goals on, you, you know, especially that first one where they fumble the opening kickoff. You'd like to see a touchdown on one of those drives. But, you know, points are points, and especially when they're going to fumble the opening kickoff, you get free three points, you'll take that every time. Yeah, that was big. I mean, and that was the biggest thing for the Bills, like getting points out of drives early. And, look, when you're playing Kansas City, you're in the playoffs maybe, if you make the playoffs, but you're playing Kansas City coming up, you're playing Philly, and any team you play in the playoffs, are field goals going to win you games? Maybe not, but... When you just sometimes need points and your defense can play well, field goals can win you games. Um, I'll toss it to you, JP. Any any main takeaway from this? Yeah, I thought the the offense looked pretty fluid for the first time in a while other than the Miami game this year. Um, and, I mean, defense made a lot of big plays. The Jets, I don't think they converted a third down. Um, they had some takeaways. Uh, we had a takeaway in the opening kickoff from Reggie, so huge. The fives are just high from the very start, and like Josh said, he thinks he's back. So, I think we might be back, but I'm not going to get too ahead of myself with our schedule that's coming up. Absolutely not. When I mean, we said it last week. If you listen to the podcast, like this Jets team, like they're so bad on offense that I think the biggest thing for our defense was they were like having these long drives against them and really keeping the offense off the field, and then the offense would go out there and turn the ball over and not get points, and next thing you know, the defense would be back out there. So it was really hurting our defense and our offense, especially with the time of possession. And you watch this game against the Jets, and we were able to get stops, which I think that really benefited the offense in the long run. 
I mean, if you want to beat the Jets, you have to take away their two only playmakers on their offense, and we completely neutralize them. Like, they don't have a good offense, but if they're going to beat you, it's because of Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. And I think they both combined and have over 30 yards. Well, I think Brees Hall has some receiving yards, but rushing, I know he only had 23 rushing yards. Garrett Wilson, what, only had one catch? So yeah. that was that was impressive for, from our defense. Yeah, Garrett Wilson was a non-factor. He actually had two catches for nine yards. But, yeah, Brees had 10 for 23, uh, but 5 for 50 uh, receiving. That's something we're going to bring up later in the pod, that running backs, opposing running backs have been doing well against the Bills. But the Bills really neutralized their playmakers for the most part. Brees Hall had his moments, but didn't do a ton like he did week one. Um, I was just waiting for him to break off a run like he always does against us, but yeah. it didn't happen. Yeah, well, I mean, I just starting with the offense, I guess, since we're out of our takeaways here. It's Joe Brady season. I mean, this is interesting. We talked about this last podcast, obviously, that uh, it was Joe Brady's chance, but it was a huge bounce-back performance from the offense. It finally looked like they had flow. They had an identity. They did things that we were asking them to do. Um, A few things I had were just spread concepts. If you go back, you watch the game. A lot of five wide receiver sets. Um, Counting Kincaid as a wide receiver or, I mean, just five guys lining up as wide receivers, but they included Cook in that. They included Kincaid. Uh, they had heavy packages, bringing in extra tackles, bringing in you know a strong run game and a play action and max protection. And I thought the situational play calling was really good too. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to comment on that, but I just really like Joe Brady's um, overall play calling. Just I think a great first game as an offensive coordinator against a very good defense. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, he definitely got a lot of help from the defense. Um, like this is something that I alluded to the last couple of weeks that this offense seems to struggle. When they are pinned back, and it's it's not a secret. You just watch, and then we, we saw it with that stat um, about how we, when we're like behind our own 15 or something, we average like the most target yard, air yards. Was that the stat? Yeah, we had the highest average depth of target with inside yeah. our own 15. So we were so, consistently taking shots. And it, and it, like every time like you go to like the Broncos game, you know, it's like every time we get the ball, we're pin, pinning ourselves back. And then our offense can't move, and then we put the ball away. We did the same thing with the Bengals, too, for a lot of that game. This game, we did not get ourselves in that trouble. Forcing turnovers, great field position. And then even like when they were just punting, I don't really think in the first half we had any worse field position than our own 20. So, like, you weren't starting inside your own 15- and 10-yard line and struggling to move the ball. They normal field position, which is fine, and then they moved the ball well, and I thought Joe Brady had a great game. Yeah, I thought he called it a fantastic game. One of the things I really focused on, um, I guess you could tie that into to really being pinned in deep, which they weren't a ton in this game, but just overall situational play calling. Um, a few plays I wanted to talk about was the fourth and one play call to Ty Johnson. First off, I got to say, last podcast, I called out Ty Johnson. I was mad that they benched James Cook, and I was like, our backs are against the wall, and we're giving the ball to Ty Johnson? Are you kidding me? Shout out to Ty Johnson. He's he, he impressed me this game. And we can get into the running backs later and maybe what we'll see that season outlook. Um, but the fourth and one play call, it was great. We tweeted about it. Um, but it was a great play call uh, that gave Josh multiple options. The second and goal play to Cook, another thing that we tweeted about. That but, was my favorite play call of the game. Yeah. If you, if you watch that play, if you, if you have a way to go see it, um, they motion James Cook out wide and then motion him back in to, to line up next to Josh. And you can literally hear Josh say, okay, we're good. 
Like you can hear the live mic on the field. And they're basically just checking that that corner follows him or that safety, whoever it was, that defensive back follows him in man. And then they run him out of the backfield and um, to the far side. And, and that defensive back struggled to get across the coverage. And if you go back, you watch that play. He was wide open. Wide open, and the that guys was, didn't follow him at all. No, he he didn't. He couldn't get across the, the field throughout. You know the rest of the Jets' defense. So that was a great play call. Um, and I think that was something I forgot who alluded to. It might have been one of the cover one guys. Um, but they they were just talking about how you'll see a lot more of James Cook being used as a pass catcher, especially in the red zone. I think with Joe Brady, and that's a weapon and a half. Almost like he should have been the whole time because that's what he was coming out of college. Yeah. But. Yep. And then um, the third and five um, would. Josh is a quarterback. JP just, you know, shaking his head over there at Dorsey. The third and five, um, it, it basically, we, we spread them out wide. We had five guys out, um, nobody in the backfield. We were empty. And a quarterback draw with Josh. And it was a perfect call, great, you know, utilization of that. And it was great to see. Um, but overall, like, I was just super impressed with Joe Brady. I thought that he couldn't have had a better debut. I mean, maybe you could have got some touchdowns earlier, but... Yeah, I mean, that's like my only like criticism is not able to finish these drives. And, you know, like when you look at the first drive, you know, you get fumble off the kick return and that throws you off. You don't expect to start the game there offensively. You expect they have to go 75 yards and not have to go 30 yards. Um, but whatever, you get your free points. And then, you know, even the next couple of drives, you move the ball well. But, you know, I you got to get touchdowns, especially when you're going to go play better offenses like Philly next week and Kansas City in a couple of weeks. You gotta, we gotta finish these drives. Yeah, that that again, exactly right. And you play Kansas City, field goals are not going to win you the game. Um, one thing I thought was funny that I, I don't know if you guys watched the Joe Brady press conference today, um, but he said like they asked him about the motion and the Bills used a ton of motion. I think it was the most out of uh, any game this year, and he said we're not just motioning, just a motion. And that was what Dan Orlovsky That's literally what said. Literally did. That's what Dan Orlovsky literally said last week on Twitter. He was like, "The Bills are just motioning to motion," and I was like, "I don't know if Joe Brady did that intentionally, but if he did, that's a complete dig at Dorsey. Yeah. I don't know, but I think I think he probably knew he was probably defending Dorsey, but also going at him a little with that. Maybe. JP, you have any more thoughts? I'm just curious because you were a big Dorsey hater. You haven't been on the pod in a while, and we get a new offensive coordinator, and he looks good. So I'm curious what you have to think. Yeah, is it was just refreshing. I, I mean, I know we've never seen Joe Brady, and that was his first time. But I actually had confidence in my offensive coordinator for the first time in about nine months. So that was refreshing. I thought he spread the ball out a lot, really good. I mean, we put up 32 points on one of the best defenses in the league and Diggs was pretty much neutralized and our wide receiver two had zero targets I mean that's another topic in itself we'll get to that but Shakir looked really good Kincaid keeps looking good we were using all of our running backs it was it was encouraging you know this this is how our offense should have been from the start we have weapons so use them it's, yeah. it's that easy. It's not that. It's not that difficult. Use your weapons. Yeah, and that was something that um, the air raid guys pointed out. Shout out to the air raid guys. Um, they just utilize the middle of the field, especially with Kincaid. And if you compare the the passing charts, the charts is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it, it's crazy. I think we had like seven completions inside the hashes in comparison to two, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're consistently targeting the middle of the field, it opens more things up. Um, and I mean, seven was that seven targets or completions? Completions, completions. Yeah, I mean that's a slightly more than. I mean, we tripled it. One third. It more. Yeah, I mean, it's also a little more than a third of his total completions for Josh. Yeah. 
and and you saw things open up. And you know this Jets defense has been pretty much elite since we got Dorsey, and they've pretty much played us very well since we had Dorsey. And this is the first game we didn't have Dorsey, and all of a sudden we put up 32 on him. So it's just interesting, I think, that you have a new play caller now, and he's all of a sudden cracked this Jets defense. So the one thing I was surprised about is that. Josh has been really effective against the Jets running the ball. I think he's like averaging like 50 yards a game before um this game. So I was expecting a lot of that and I guess I was surprised that I didn't see that. And I mean it worked and I know like everybody was kind of expecting Josh to run more now because you know we need it and Joe Brady's probably going to mix it up, but the offense looked good even without it. So you know saved for another game, but I was expecting a lot more of that, but I'm fine with it. Fine with saving it or not using it now. Yeah, I think when you consider, like, the Bills, the fourth quarter was basically all garbage time. And even that Shakir touchdown, the 81-yard touchdown, like, we didn't really get another drive, like, to showcase what Brady had. So we we really only had, got to see maybe two and a half quarters of what Joe Brady had and created in a week. And I think he probably was saving some plays. I think that's smart, especially when you're going up against Philly and Kansas City coming up. So... I'm interested to see what he had left from this game and what he can utilize in the next and come up with, you know, going into the next one. So, Well, I don't think this week will be – like when we look back on Joe Brady's time as an OC, even if he's not the OC going into next year, last week probably isn't going to be a true indictment of how he wants his offense to look. Like that was probably mainly Dorsey's play calls. It was mostly what Dorsey drew up for our offense, just actually calling plays in the right situations this time. I think the next few weeks is when we'll see some new wrinkles to come in. Especially next week against the Eagles, we're going to need some wrinkles. Yeah, I mean, you can't build a whole new offense in five days. Exactly. And then, not, you know, not to mention, like, after the Eagles game, you have your bye week, so yep. you got a whole extra week to prepare for what's been a really good Chiefs defense. So that's I, – I think you'll see a bigger jump between it from after this week to the Chiefs game with, yeah. with that extra week. I agree. I would agree fully, and I think that'll be a bye week that's utilized if, like, guys aren't going on vacation. Maybe they go home for a little bit, but they're not going on vacation. They're not going to the Bahamas or something. They're yeah, but gonna... not to mention, like, you, this bye week could not come at a perfect time. Oh, absolutely. You need time to get healthy, and we'll talk about the Philly game, of course, but, yep. you know, that's going to be a tough game. You know, people are going to be hurting. That bye week could not come at a better time. Yep, and we'll get in the rest of the bill schedule. Um, one thing I kind of wanted to talk on, we can shift the – the conversation to running backs, but just one more thing from the Joe Brady overall game plan um, was that the Jets are bad at allowing receptions to running backs. They actually allow the fifth most receptions to running backs, and Joe Brady exploited that. He had six receptions. Uh, he gave out six receptions to uh, Ty Johnson and James Cook. Each had three for 76 yards and two touchdowns. And you look back at Dorsey last week, the Broncos' defense is actually worse at allowing receptions to running backs. It's third. They allow the <laughs> third most the third most receptions to running backs. And we had four receptions for 12 yards. And it was obviously, like, it was a plan. Like, it was a plan that Joe Brady used. Uh, you saw the fourth and one play call. What was it? It went to Ty Johnson. It was a reception to a running back. Um, the, the Cook touchdown, he used it in the red zone. So I think it, like, it's so interesting that you just have this new coordinator that comes in, and he's like, okay, this team does this bad. Let's utilize... James Cook. It's a crazy concept. It's a crazy concept. It's foreign. Yeah. It's foreign. So, just happy to see that. Before Um, we move off running backs, I think everybody and everybody who was watching the game was surprised by how good Ty Johnson played, or at least how much we used him. And, you know, so many people, like even on WGR today when I was driving to work, someone asked about Lenny. 
I'm just thinking, I'm like, first of all, he's on the practice squad. He's still learning the playbook. There's a reason he wasn't signed by anybody. And now Ty Johnson just had one of the best games he's probably had in a year or two. Yep. Like, Lenny's not seeing the field anytime soon. Well, so that, that was going to be my next question for you guys was... I'd rather have him over Latavius. Yeah, no, I I mean, th- that was going to be my next question for you guys is, like, how do you see the running back shaping out for the rest of the year? Because obviously James Cook is our one. He's been running the ball very well. He's been catching the ball very well. But you have this Ty Johnson emergence. People wanted to see Lenny. Latavius has kind of not been everybody's favorite player yeah. over the last few weeks. Like, how, I'm just curious how you guys see it well, shaping the, out. The thing the with Latavius is we know he's a leader on this team. I mean, he was one of the guys that held the players-only meeting. So we know he's a leader, and he's, you know, he's – He's from Syracuse, isn't he? Yeah. He's so, you know, he wanted to play. This is home for him, essentially. So, like, there's a lot that goes in with that. But when you think about it, if you had uh, Cook, Murray, and Fournette, like, that's a terrible three because Fournette and Murray are giving you the same thing. Um, and meanwhile, Johnson, you throw Ty Johnson, Ty Johnson as yeah. a third guy. He can do returns for you. And you can do a lot of that reception stuff with him. I, I love to see that. You know, he was a talented guy when he was playing for the Jets a couple of years ago. So, like, why not? And, you know, it's better to have a couple more guys that can do that than have two bowling balls. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I would like to see Fournette play. Um, and, of course, I don't know the situation with Harris either, with his injury. Yeah, I, I mean, Damian Harris has kind of been forgotten about a little bit. He was put in IR with that neck injury, and it, I didn't mention him in this because we haven't seen him at all, so he could be another guy. I mean, we have five solid running backs. You mentioned Ty Johnson with the Jets. He actually had 372 receiving yards in – um. 16 games with the Jets in 2021, so he, he's definitely a good receiving back. He had 238 on the ground that year. Like He can be a weapon for this offense as an RB2, maybe RB3, and, and plays those special team snaps. JP, what do you think? How do you think you see this shaping out? Yeah, I, I think what we saw last game is kind of what it should be going forward. Just use Latavius in some short yardage, and sometimes if you just want to pound the ball, don't line him out wide as a wide receiver because he's not a wide receiver. Um, yeah. Don't throw him the ball. Yeah, don't do that. Um, if you he could pass block a little, but he he should really, I think, just be for short yardage. And if he's just that, then I'm fine with him playing over Lenny. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting because Latavius Murray had like one or two bad games, I think, um, over the last you know kind of span of games. Uh, but in, in the Denver game, he looked good. In this game, I don't know his specific stat line. He had ten for thirty five. I mean, it's not a terrible stat line. It's not bad. It's not good. Um, I think, like, unless Latavius Murray, though, is playing bad football where you're handing him the ball and he's going nowhere, then I, I really don't see the point of activating Lenny because you have this guy who's been here all season. He's a leader, mm-hmm. and, and he's he's been pretty solid in the role. And just you could save his practice squad activations. There's no reason to bring him up now in case we do have injuries later in the season. Agreed. Moving into the passing game, I mean, one of the biggest things from this was just Kincaid has such a consistent role. You're starting to see him more and more utilized like Kelsey. Um, the, the one thing I was saying was like, I think with the bye week coming up, if I was Joe Brady, I would spend half my bye week just watching Kansas City tape and seeing how they use Kelsey and then applying that to Kincaid. But you're already seeing some of those those um, kind of routes in his game and, and why those comparisons were made. But um, he's truly been like that consistent, consistent tight end and that slot guy that we can find over the middle of the field. So it, it's great to see. It's what you drafted him for. What do you guys think about the rest of the passing game? Because I know Shakira had a big game. I know that Gabe Davis wasn't even targeted. Diggs had a quiet game. He looked a little sloppy at times. What do you guys think? I'm not surprised by Diggs having a quieter game. Um, of course, the Jets have a great defense. They have a great secondary led by Sauce Gardner. 
and DJ Reed. You know, they got studs all over the field on their defense. And obviously, they were not thinking about Shakur. They were thinking about Stephon Diggs. So that was their main that was their main thing. And you, you can see it on the tape. Like, it, all eyes were going to be on Diggs. So, of course, you're going to see a guy. You, know, you better see a guy like Shakur step up and make a big play. And Kincaid leads your team in receptions. But my problem is Gabe Davis. Where are you? Like, it makes no sense. It's nuts. You? He has, what, five games this year where he has, like, less than 30 yards or something? It's crazy. I think it's, like, I don't want to go too far here, and I don't want to make massive, like, assumptions for next year because there's, like, pretty much half a season left, especially if you include the playoffs. But I think it's safe to say, like, I don't think Gabe Davis will be on this team next year. There's, there's He's no not getting reason paid. he should be. Oh. I mean, I, you mentioned the um, Brady press conference. Did you see what he said about Gabe? No, I didn't hear it. He said, basically, he came out and he was like, yeah, you know, I know he had no catches, but he had a really good game. He was one of our best players. He was he was drawing players away. He was doing really good in the run blocking. That's just, I think that's just a coach coming out to tell his player, don't worry, we still like you, you're good, even though we haven't used you, even though we didn't scheme any plays for you, you know. You're going to get some plays, but, I mean, zero targets is insane for a wide receiver, too. Quinn Morris had more targets than him. Quinn Morris, man. Tight end one in the future. Looking great. No, I mean, it's it's, nuts. I don't understand. It's so so disappointing out of Gabe, and people really thought he could be that, too. Coming out of camp, like, Diggs was like, this guy would be a one on other teams. And, like, I just... I don't see it. I know you got to back your guys and everything. You want to be two on other teams. Yeah, it's kind of bad. I mean, we did the Gabe Davis or last week, you know, player A or player B. And yeah, I might have to go back and change You might have to answers. change some of those answers. Yeah, I, I thought about, I thought about running those. it back for this week, but we'll see We'll see after this next week. Maybe just we'll do, do it, it every week. We could. I, I was thinking the other week, I was like, if Gabe Davis never had one of the best games I've ever seen a player have, a four-touchdown game in the playoffs... Not to mention yeah. he, he would have touchdowns the week before too against yeah. the Patriots. If he never had that two week span, especially that game, he would have never been a wide receiver too, and we would have never been so hyped. JP is so funny you say that because I had that same exact thought yesterday when I found out he had no targets. I was like, if that game never happened, we would have a different wide receiver too, and he would just be the three. So, as well as what do you guys think of the O line in this one? Um, I thought they were good. They held up well, yeah. especially in some. It's a great, especially great when we're. Line. Yeah, against a good line, and we had some empty sets. We had a lot of guys out wide, so. Yeah, I thought I I didn't notice them much, which is good. Other than I noticed Deion Dawkins pancake someone and then get in a fight, and yeah, so they were trying fun. to fight him after the game. He drew the penalty, so. Then he just laid there. That was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> they they had one sack. It came from Quinn and Williams. It was their only hit, and we allowed ten pressures. So, it's not a bad game. No, the, against game. that line, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, anything else from this offense before we go into the defense? I'll take the quiet as no. Uh, <laughs> starting out with the defense, I mean the start of the game, Rasul Douglas. Rasul, you know, had a fantastic game. What was it? Two interceptions and a fumble recovery. Yeah. I think it's he's starting to get you know accustomed to the system, and it's something I forgot about. Like he was a big trade deadline acquisition for us, and not that I didn't see him on the field in other weeks, but I kind of forgot, like, hold up, this guy's still getting acquainted and he's going to come in and hopefully play his best football on the stretch. Um, I just like how aggressive he is. Like, I, I don't I feel like that's something we haven't had with our corners in a while because, I mean, Trey White's amazing and he is a lock – he's at least been a lockdown corner, but he's not like – He's a, a different type, yeah. Yeah, we just haven't had aggressive – it just it hasn't been our – 
our defense. It's been just, you know, prevent the big plays, play some good um, defense, not let's get some turnovers right now, make a few big plays. And that's that's what he's known for. And that's what we kind of needed. Yeah, it is what we needed. And, and that's what he is known for. So it was a great addition from this team. I mean, also the pitch play to hide, which they blew dead, was like just great awareness. So I love it. I mean, that's a, that's a guy who's making a difference. So um, I know John's not here, but he said Ed Oliver is our best defensive player this year. And at first I was, at first I was like, eh, I don't know about that. And then I thought about it and I was like, with the guys that are out, he, I think the only other guy you could debate would, debate would maybe be Bernard. But I still would take out Oliver. He's had a fantastic year. Um, he had a sack in this one. He had uh, a hurry. I mean, he's looked good. He's looked disruptive. But uh, Leonard Floyd looked good, too. I thought that D-line looked really good overall. I know that the Jets aren't a great offense or a great offensive line, but I thought they did their job well. Yeah, I mean, look at Leonard Floyd, two and a half sacks. Big day for him. Like, uh, everyone – and uh, it's tough to, uh, that Oliver is the best player on the defense, you know. I don't know. It it could be Bernard, but even like, like Leonard Floyd's been so good a, a bunch of weeks. He has know? been, but I think the only reason I wouldn't say he's been the best player is just a little inconsistency. He's disappeared for a few games. Um, yeah, but but he was dealing with an injury, and Oliver was hurt too. That's true. I mean, that's the weird thing with this defense. Like everybody was hurt. There was a few week stretch where AJ Epinesa was the best player on the defense. That's true too. You can do that with you know early in the year. Bernard was the best player on the defense. So, yeah. I mean, with all the injuries and all the shifting and all the different guys that have been plugged in to play, it's it's kind of tough to say who is the best guy in this defense, actually, because there's probably five or six candidates. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's just been the most consistent. Um, another thing we're just talking about, the pass rush here. Um, you know, I know Von Miller is not back to where he was before the ACL injury, um, but on, I think it was Leonard Floyd's first sack, he actually drew a double team. They had a tight end chip him, and they had a tackle on him, and I just feel like, although he's not like where he was, that's just opening up guys, you know, for Leonard Floyd. It's opening up for Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa. So, just him being on the field is drawing a presence. I know he's getting a lot of hate right now, and we keep saying it. I'm going to make my prediction. I think Von Miller's comeback game, where Von Miller is back, is going to be Kansas City. Coming off the bye week, in a game where we need him. That's just my prediction. Because I know, Max, we've talked about it the last two podcasts, like when we think it'll be. We've talked about it off-pod. I think it'll be Kansas City. But any more from the D-line? I can't wait to get Daquan Jones back also. If he comes back. Yeah, In the Super that, Bowl. That'd be awesome. In the Super Bowl. And resign him. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm just kind of like, as we're talking here, looking over PFF grades and stuff from, from the the game. And I'm not a big PFF grade person. Like, I'm more interested in the rest of their stats. Can you guess what player had the second highest defensive PFF grade for us? Dodson? Dodson. Tyrell Dodson had a 92.9 PFF grade. He did have a good game. I I was going to say, like, I felt like he kind of settled in a little bit. And we'll see how that continues, especially with Philly and Kansas City coming up. But who do you have a snap count on there? I felt like at times I saw them bring in Dodson on clear rush downs, and then Dorian was out there after that. So and I feel like should be doing yeah, and I feel like I saw some three linebacker sets with them. So I'm just curious if if I'm right and if that's what they're actually doing because I would be very encouraged by that because Dodson is not good in the pass pass protection, but he is very good in run protection. Well, I do have that for you. Uh, Terrell Bernard played 47 snaps overall. Uh, Tyrell Dodson played 39, and Dorian Williams played 14. 
I, I, I don't think I could really go through and look at the pass um, run breakdown. No, nah, that's back. Right. I can get back to you on that. It really wouldn't be too hard. Um, but maybe it, it must have just been for a few plays because I definitely did notice that sometimes. But yeah. you guys got anything about the DBs? Because I'll look at this and, and get back to you. But I thought the DBs had a good game overall. Yeah, I mean it's tough not to against the Jets, to be honest. But you know, I mean a lot of like when you look at the stats, so like Poyer had two tackles and like Micah Hyde had one tackle, like it I know Poyer had an interception that was taken off, but uh a lot of it kind of seemed underwhelming when you look at the stats, but like flow of that game, you know, like the Jets offense sucked. Yeah. JP, I got back to you on this pretty quickly here. <laughs> Terrell Bernard played uh, – sorry, Terrell Bernard. It's Tyrell Dodson played 13 um, run defense snaps in comparison to Dorian Williams' four. And then when you look at the coverage snaps, um, Tyrell Dodson did play 26, which is a lot, but uh, Dorian Williams did play 10. So there is kind of a jump there. I mean, you you can't always predict if they're going to run or pass, obviously, in those early downs, but it does seem like – I mean, Dorian Williams played four – running snaps in comparison to 10 coverage snaps. So I would think that that's exactly what they're doing. So, hmm. Yeah, it would be something to look out for more because, I mean, I feel like Dorian Williams has barely played in, you know, past few weeks. But I like that he's playing more, get him in. I think he's got a way higher uh, way higher potential than Dotson. So get yeah. him accustomed to this defense. Yeah, and I thought he's been pretty good whenever he is in. I agree. Even go back a few weeks, especially in pass coverage. Yeah. So, moving on to DBs, the only thing I had was just injuries. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that as we preview the, the, the Philly game because we're quite banged up on that defensive end. But, as we said, Rasul looked good, and Poyer had a near interception. And, you know, they just they, – they seem to be blown out. We're, we're sitting here now watching – we should have mentioned this before the podcast. We're watching the Eagles and uh, Chiefs. We're recording this on Monday night. Six minutes left in this game, and Philly's now at first and goal down three. So, this is it's getting interesting, especially when these are the next two teams that we play. Moving along, though, I just wanted to, um, you know, talk about a few more things before we put this game in the books. Reggie Gilliam, JP, your guy. Reggie, big game. Reggie, big game. He's I'm, a man. I'm a believer that, like, you know, you go out, you punch a team in the mouth, it can change the whole game, and he did that. He punched him right in the mouth. So, shout out to Reggie. What did you guys think of that tunnel scuffle? Loved it. Yeah, loved yeah, it. It was interesting. It was interesting. Robert Sala just walking by and not doing anything with his players. Yeah. The funniest thing to me was when I watched that video, like the good, um, you know, perspective of it was like the first time I watched it, I was like, where did Jordan Phillips come from even? Like, I didn't see him come in. And then if you watch, he's in like the back of the tunnel and he turns around, he sees something's going on. He just puts the helmet on and comes down there. <laughs> yeah. It's a big guy on the team. It's just funny as hell. But Michael Clemens, I just thought it was a little odd that, you know, he's talking crap to Dion. Dion doesn't have his helmet on and Dion goes over to him and is like, okay. You want to talk? Like, let's talk. And and Deion's a big dude. Michael Clemens still had his helmet on. Like he he was interesting to press a guy with your helmet on, but Dion was about it, man. He didn't take his helmet off. So yeah, I mean, he didn't even have his helmet on. So he had somehow ended up almost in the Jets locker room too. That was odd. He like went into like the right, room. It was like he was getting pushed in there. Yeah, it was odd. 
What do you guys think about the 425 game slot? Because the Bills don't play at 425 often. I love it. I, yeah, I didn't mind that one at all. I loved it. And I I'm, love it. And we have, you know, Philly and Kansas City and Dallas coming up and the Chargers. So we have a lot more 425. Actually, no, the Chargers. Chargers is Saturday Chargers, night. Chargers, yeah, it's a night game. Sorry. But um, I like the 425 game slot. It allows you to, like, I feel like you watch a little warm-up football, like the 1 o'clock games. And then the 425 is just, like, your game. And then if you want to watch more football, there's the night game. Or if you're at the game, it's nice. Yeah, that too. Get home. A little bit into the Sunday night game. It's yeah. pretty nice. Do we have uh, anything else about this game before we put it in the books, fellas? Feels good because when you look look over the last two years, Jets have, I'm not going to say owned us. It's 2-2 two and two over the last two years, but they've been the thorn in our side, it feels like. So that, it feels good. Close this chapter on them this year and beating them by a, a bunch. Yeah, it, it's definitely a great feeling. And especially when you got guys trying to fight us in the tunnel, you know they're mad. Oh yeah, yeah. we kind of almost like knocked him out of playoff contention too, as we talked. You last broke week. him. You broke like him. You're starting Tim Boyle next yeah. week. Yeah. So you're welcome, Miami. You are welcome, Miami. That beginning of the game with how you know we took a few field goals right at the start, it reminded me of the Tyler Bass coming out game against the Jets. Yeah. Do you guys yeah, remember that's that? True. Yeah. That's what I thought of right away. I was like, oh, that was a that was a crazy time. That's funny. Um, moving along then the Bills Eagles. Obviously, when we talk about this, we want to talk about injuries before anything. That's one of the biggest things when it comes to playing a team. Um, in terms of the Bills, we have quite a few guys, especially from the secondary and the injury report today. This all comes from Sean McDermott. Um, Taylor Rapp has a chance to play Sunday after a neck injury and being taken out in an ambulance. He actually didn't even go to the hospital, which is very promising. Really? Um, oh. All their tests and x-rays were negative, which is really good. Dane Jackson and Taryn Johnson are in concussion protocol. Hyde is day-to-day with a stinger. Cam Lewis is day-to-day with a shoulder injury. He actually played a good amount of snaps, I think. I'd have to go back and look, but um, he's been a guy who's been on the fringe of this roster and sticking around. And then just final Knox update here. Uh, he's eligible to return, but McDermott said he doesn't think he's ready yet, so... I don't know if we're missing much there, but Quentin Morris, tight end two. I love it. Dropped a touchdown. Quentin Morris? Oh, yeah, he did. That's right. Uh, JP, you're the Quentin Morris guy. You're not supposed to be. Well, I am, but he dropped a touchdown. And that would have been an insane throw. by. It was an insane throw by Josh. Yeah. Well, before we get into the concern meter and I'm upset because I actually had the fraud watch in our notes here on the docket, and John's not here, so we can't do it. I don't know if anybody else has one. And score predictions. I just wanted to point out this. Um, in terms of, and this is kind of going forward, but it references our next game. We're um, fifth in allowing receptions to running backs and fourth in yardage. And we play Philly, who has Swift. Dallas, who has Pollard. The Chargers, who have Eckler. New England already did it to us with Ramondre. And then Miami, obviously, has uh, H-Han if he's healthy and Mostert. So it's going to be big next game. I think DeAndre Swift is one of the better pass catchers in the league, and we allow a good amount of receptions to running backs, so I think that's just something to look out for. You guys got anything to look out for in this game? I mean, we're watching Philly right now, and they don't look too impressive. I think they're beatable. I mean, I think they're still the Eagles. They still have one of the the best rosters in the league. Um, Can't wait to watch the tush push about five times, so that's going to be fun. But I think they're beatable, but I'm still, uh, still not too confident going into the week to be honest max you got anything yeah i mean going against this offense is a weird complex because 
you know that they can run the ball at will, essentially, whenever they want with any one of their three running backs or their quarterback. But then at the same time, you got to remember that they got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith outside. I don't know if Goddard will be playing. He, he's not playing tonight for him. But you're at a weird crossroads where it's, we want to stack the box, or it's, oh, we gotta we got to defend the outside with these great wide receivers. So I'm very interested to see how McDermott will play it. Me personally, I've been thinking about it for a few weeks, how I would play it, and I don't know, and that's why I don't get paid to be the head coach. <laughs> yep. Because I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. you. Know, usually I have a pretty good idea how you should play this team. I don't know how you play this team. I, I don't thought, know what to do. I thought that when you had a podcast, it makes you means you know everything. Well, apparently, but I digress. Well, I mean, you could just watch how the Chiefs are playing them, I guess. I mean, 21 yeah. points is not bad. That's what I was saying before. I mean, we sat down here and started hitting record. It was like, you're Sean McDermott. You're Joe Brady. You're sitting at home right now, and these are the next two teams you play. It's like, you're going to go watch this tape, and you're like, okay, what did Kansas City do against Philly? Okay, what did right? Philly do against Kansas City? And just, like, see what they did and see if you can utilize it. So, I right. mean, And you see them do a lot, and then you mentioned it with the running backs. So, Swift... You know, key catch. We've seen him do it tonight a few times already. Catch passes and gets upfield for fifteen plus yards easily. Like, yeah. So they make it look easy sometimes, but then sometimes they struggle. We we've seen Hertz miss a couple throws today, so we'll see. I know that Hertz was also banged up. He was hobbling around last week. He seems like he's fine today, but it's a, this is going to be a tough offense to try to defend. Yeah, and this will tell me a lot about McDermott based on how he does it. That's true. And I think the thing that's so interesting about this Eagles offense is that they're the one one of the top offenses in the league, and they're kind of the complete opposite of what the NFL is moving towards right now. Like, they're, like, almost last, if not last, in the league in pre-snap motions where that's, like, the new thing. I mean, obviously, that's what Miami's doing. That's what we've been clamoring for the Bills' offense to be doing. So it will be interesting because – we did pretty good against Miami, but this is a different type of offense. Exactly. It's yeah. completely opposite. Like, you know, because they, they have speed, of course, but then it's like, oh, we got a lot of size and we got some big boys up front that can push guys. So I don't I don't know the best way to defend this, to be honest. Yeah. They're really <clears> – apologies. A little bit of cough there. Um, no, they're really good on, on both sides of the front, like their O-line and D-line. So I think it's a good test for us. I mean, our O-line's been good this year. Our D-line's been pretty good. It'll certainly be a test. Um, one thing I'm interested in seeing is like how we contain Jalen Hurts because I know in the past we've been really good at containing Lamar in terms of his running. So I'm interested to see how we do that. But also just their passing game. Um, they obviously have really two very good receivers in Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. That'll be a big test for Rasul Douglas and Dane Jackson or Christian Benford, who's ever playing on the other side based on the health of these guys. But interested for that, I mean, that Rasul Douglas-A.J. Brown matchup. Um, and we're going to see what Rasul has. And then obviously, you know, if Hyde plays, I mean, he's day-to-day, he should be. But Poyer, too, like, I think these guys are kind of due for a big play. Um, so we'll see. We're going to need it. We're going to need it, yeah. Absolutely. I have one goal for this game. I just want to see one tush push stopped. Yeah. Like we're probably going to see four or five of them realistically. If we can stop one of them, I will be a happy man. be interesting to see if McDermott does anything special for that. But, Max, I mean, you talked about it, though. I think this is really the stretch that, like, McDermott's going to get tested. You have Philly. You have Kansas City. You have Dallas. You have the Chargers. Like, you're going to play some good offenses in Miami again. So, this is McDermott's test, and we'll see how he stands up to it. Um, we'll move into the concernometer. Anyone want to start? JP, would you like the honors? 
JP hasn't been here, so. I think I'm going to go with a six. Okay. I'm st- uh, maybe, a, I don't I'm still pretty concerned. Like, I'm not too confident. But if you were to ask me how I felt a week or two ago, I would have probably said a ten. So, yeah. I, I'm feeling better about the Bills today. Do you want to go with a six and a half? I'll take a six and a half. Okay. Six and three quarters. Six. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm at a seven. Seven? Seven. It's tough. You know, in Philly, Philly's a tough place to play. Yeah, it's a you different know, dynamic. That's very, you know, there's, there's some teams that, you know, their home field advantage isn't really a home field advantage, but that's one of them where it's, that's. That's a home field that's advantage. That's an advantage. Their fans are disgusting. They throw batteries. They're slobs. They're the biggest assholes in the world. They're like world. the biggest competition for the Bills Mafia and all honesty. Yeah, but they're assholes. Like we donate money and they do bad stuff. They're so bad people. I got you know, I got no respect for them. I'll go with an eight, just because I think I mean if the Bills drop this game, it's not the end of the world. It's a non conference opponent. I'd rather have them beat Kansas City than Philly. But Philly's Philly, and I think that they win up front and that'll give us problems. And if DeAndre Swift gets going, that's gonna give us problems. But um, I don't want to go any higher just because, I mean, our offense kind of does look like it could be back. Philly's defense isn't anything special. I mean, the Jets' defense is better. So, on paper, at least. I mean, at least Philly will keep our defense on the field, and it'll be important that our offense then sustains drives. But um, I think if you get some long drives going, the Bills have been running the ball well. They keep Philly off the field. They keep their defense fresh. We could see um, some interesting, you know, dynamics here. Um but Philly hasn't looked, you know, all too great. I mean, they are up on the Chiefs with three minutes left. But for a lot of this game, I mean, Jalen Hurts had like 55 passing yards at one point. So it, it deep into this game. So they're 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 struggling at times, too. They almost blew the game. They are. Dallas. It's, it's weird. I mean, they lost the Jets. You know, yeah. Washington Washington always gives them a fight. Yeah. Like, it's weird because you think that they, I don't know, based on their record and, you know, everything, it's like, oh, they must be blowing everybody out. But then it's like you watch these games and you're like, how did Dallas almost beat them? Like, they should have put Dallas away. Yeah. It's a it's a weird balance between, like, are they really that dominant or are they frauds? And I think I've, I've said it before on here. I think everyone's fraudulent this year. I was just going to say, there, it, this if, just stands true. There's no good teams. But if I had to say, like, who's the most complete and least fraudulent, I would probably say the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. nobody really looks great right now. So we'll see. Score predictions. I personally said I was like, I'm not going to pick the Bills to lose a single game. And then I went back on that when we were bad. And I was like, okay, I probably will pick the Bills to lose a single a game. I'm going to go back to that. Unless we get blown out by Philly, I'm not going to pick us to, to lose a game. So I'm going to make this prediction here. I'm going to say the Bills are going to win this game 31-27. to 27. JP okay. is thinking. Max is astonished. Max did predict, pick us to lose, I think, a few weeks ago. So I did. The Bengals. <laughs> That's right. You were right. I, I don't want to. I'm a <sighs> first time back. You're gonna pick us to lose. Yeah, I think I. I think twenty four to twenty Eagles. But I will say I am feeling a lot better about the Bills. So I'm like go. The last three weeks, I said, yeah, we're losing to the Eagles. We're gonna get killed by them. I think this can be a really good game and. It will be a really good test for us, but I still think the Eagles are at least better all around right now and have been more consistent all year. You know, I was not going to lie. I was going to pick the Eagles to win, but since JP picked the Eagles, I have to fade them, and I'm going to take the Bills. Let's go. 
Um, maybe like it's going to be a tough game. I think we win twenty-seven to twenty-four, three-point game. Okay, bass game winner. I like that. We actually, John's not able to make it. We're going to give him a call. Sure, we're going to see. Good. He said he'd call in. We're going to see what he has to say. Just quick takeaway from last game. Because he's been on the podcast now. This will be his third week that he would miss it. So we're going to give him a call. We're going to see what he has to say about the, the Eagles. We're going to see what he, what he has to say about the win over the Jets. And if there's a fraud watch. So we, we'll be right back. And we'll, we'll get that call ready for you. Uh, we have John here. He's going to give us basically. We'll start with um, essentially the recap. Like your just takeaways from this last game. Because the audience hasn't heard from you in a while. So you want to go. Like what did you think of this last game against the Jets? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, you know, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, it's an honor to be on the show. Secondly, I'd like to say the Jets fucking suck. I was glad that we finally beat them. Ed Oliver's a dog. Um, I lost all faith in this team a couple weeks ago, but um, I think I found a we are so back after it is so over. Uh, the Bills look good. They're probably, you know, uh, I think the, watching this game tonight, I think the Eagles are frauds. Um, after this call in, the Chiefs will go down and score a game-winning touchdown on them because the NFL scripted. Um, <laughs> but I think we're going to beat the Eagles next week. I think they're due to drop another loss just so they uh, have to battle the 49ers for that home field number one spot. So I'm going to say uh, Bills win that one uh, 24-21 next week. Do you have a fraud watch? Oh, Jesus. I, I'm sorry, mid-call, like, the, the Chiefs just threw an absolute deep ball to MVS and he dropped it. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> That was bad. Um, uh, do you have a fraud watch? Crazy. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say their whole secondary. I think uh, Eli Ricks and James Bradbury, um, not very good. Uh, as They might be decent players, but they haven't been playing good. I don't know if that's a scheme. What's going on? Roby's back there, too. He's old. And he's washed. Um, Jalen Hurts has a noodle arm as well. I want to state that. He's not a top-five quarterback. He's the most overpaid quarterback in the league. Deshaun Watson. Uh, uh, well, Deshaun Watson's not even a quarterback at this point. The guy just is allergic to playing football. Um, other than that, yeah, that's all I got. Well, thank you for calling, and we, we appreciate your call, and hopefully you're back next week. I'll, I'll be back, hopefully. Are you going to hang up and listen? Yeah, I'll listen. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> As always. Have a good night, buddy. Okay, so that was what our, our caller. Any thoughts on what he said? I like. Okay, first off, sorry, because I know I asked, but I like the uh, calling out the Eagles secondary because I think that's legit. Me because too. They, they have Kevin Byard. That's what I was. I was going to throw that in there too because I that was a big acquisition for them, but he yeah. hasn't been good. And they have James Bradbury. Like they actually have players, but like we could expose them low key. So. I think the one thing on what he kind of said that made me think is that if the Eagles do pull off this game, which is looking like they're going to, um, they are due for a loss. I they mean, are. they kind of barely scraped by. They got lucky with the Travis Kelsey fumble at the 10-yard line. Um, so I think they will be due for a loss. And I, one thing we haven't mentioned at all yet is we have a whole another day of rest compared to them. Yeah, so that is true. They they do have you know a whole night they're playing here and then they're traveling home and we're sitting at home right now watching that so, um I guess we can move on and we're gonna dive deep into the playoff chances the update, um 
So what we have here, and obviously this Kansas City game will change maybe things a little bit because they'll pick up a win or a loss. Um, but Cleveland is locked into that wild card one spot. Houston's in that wild card two spot. Pittsburgh's in that wild card three spot. And then we're there. And the biggest thing is going to be can we get into a wild card spot or can we get that divisional spot? Um, and we went through last week, if you want to listen, we talked about all of the the different you know, teams that are playing and, and and who they're playing and, you know, who we really are competing with, who's our friend. And we'll kind of recap that quick um, and, and kind of, you know, talk about what happened. So Cleveland this past week comes out, they get a big win over Pittsburgh. Um, I think that kind of helps us because what we want out of that division essentially between Cleveland and Pittsburgh is one of those teams to, you know, go on a run, win games, and get a wild card spot. Or just get a wild card spot, and one of those teams to flame out and not get a wild card spot. We don't want ties. Um, I don't know what you guys think, JP. What were you gonna say? I'm glad it is the Steelers because they are an awful football team, and Kenny Pickett is awful, and it would be an absolute shame if they were in the playoffs. So I'm glad the Browns pulled it out. They do have a defense to where I think they can pull to the playoffs. Um, so with the Steelers being the team ahead of us like it does make me feel a lot better about our playoff chances cuz i've really they're i think they they got to fall off like they're just not good it's crazy yeah and one of the updates i just want to say obviously since we last talked about this was burrow's done for the year watson's done for the year so that really opens maybe a window for the bills to make the playoffs um max yeah. what do you got I, I mean when it comes to the afc north you're right that is the big thing Needed Cleveland to beat Pittsburgh. The thing with Cincinnati, we talked about it last week before Burrow went down. Um, so that kind of changes the outlook on Cincinnati. Now you kind of want Cincinnati to steal a couple of those games because you know they're not going to win many games exactly. with Jake Brown at quarterback. Yeah. You want them to steal a couple. And more importantly, Baltimore's your best friend. Yep. Baltimore is the key there because you want them to win that division. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many games they win the division by or whatever, and they've already they already lost Mark Andrews for the year. It looks like, so when you when you look at it, it's you're rooting for Baltimore. Um, you need the Steelers to drop a few more games, which I think they will. I I don't think that they're really they're good. Like even their defense doesn't feel as good as it usually is in no. a weird way. And though then on, on top of that, of course, in that, yeah. Now you want Cincinnati to go in there and um, beat any of those teams because. If they just beat Cleveland once for us, or they play Pittsburgh twice still, so if they steal one of those games of Pittsburgh, that's huge for us. Absolutely. Because they're sitting there, what, at 5-6? Who, the Bengals? The Bengals. Um, I think they're 5-5. Five and five. They're 5-5? Five and five? I believe so. Let me double-check you on that, though. But, yeah, I mean, that is huge for us. And I was just going to run down quick, too. And, and they're 0-3 in their division, respectfully, too. So that puts them in a lot of, yeah, you know, tying with... Any of their division teams does not help them. So they're five and five, but I mean the teams that they play, like they're going to get to eight losses, especially without Easily. Joe Burrow. And that's unless, what we talked about. It's got get these teams to eight losses. Unless Jake Browning is like the second coming of Joe Burrow, then who knows? But I mean the Bengals play Pittsburgh twice, and and that's where you know we want the Bengals to win at least one of those games. If they somehow snuck out with two, that'd be great. But the Bengals also play Jacksonville. They play Indy, who's fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. They play Minnesota. They play Kansas City and they play Cleveland. So like that, I, I'm confident they'll get the eight losses. It's just can you steal a game or two from? And Pittsburgh? it might even come down to the Week 18 where Cleveland needs to win to get into the playoffs, and they could play a little bit of spoiler on a divisional foe. Cincinnati is officially a friend of us, which kind of sucks that they don't have Burrow. But 
I mean, that's the. But pay, that's, that's why the they payoff. are though, because exactly. you want them to steal that's games the now. Then. That's the payoff. You want them to stay scrappy at least. Yeah, yes. and their defense should do that as is. So yes. you know, you feel confident with that. And, and they still have Jamar Chase. They still have T. Higgins. They'll they figure still have it Joe out. Joe Mixon. They'll figure it out in a way to steal a couple wins. Um, and then not to mention Jacksonville. You already mentioned them a couple times there. Their next three weeks, you can say four if you'd like, but three weeks are very important. So they yep. got Houston this week. And then after they play Cleveland, and then Cincinnati, and then Baltimore, so yeah. they play one of the wild card teams, and then basically that entire division. Jacksonville is literally our best friend because we want them to beat Houston, and we want them. I mean, they don't play Pittsburgh, but they play Cincinnati, Cleveland, Baltimore. We'd love them to hand out some losses there. We want them to kind of run away with us. Um, a team I had circled, a team I worry about, Houston. Um, they're three and two in the conference. They're six and four overall. But this is the kicker right here. They have seven remaining games. All seven are in the AFC. They play Jacksonville. They play Denver. They play the Jets. They play Tennessee twice, Cleveland, and Indy. Oh. So, like, I mean, th- those games, like, they they seem to be a good team. But they could, I mean, they're at six and four. They could drop four of those. <clears throat> I've told you that ten, I, it still remains the same to me. That Tennessee, Cleveland, Tennessee three-week period is very tough for a young team. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you have Jacksonville, Denver, and the Jets. Like, they could be zero and three through those games. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I don't think they will be. As we mentioned, like Denver is good. They won again, four in a row. They're hot. Yeah, they're hot. Right they're now. the hottest team in football, I think. Man, I was I was watching that Sunday night game, hoping that they lost to Minnesota, because I would love to see them with six losses right now, especially because I'm looking at their schedule here. They have Cleveland. I think they beat Cleveland. Houston, who we want them to beat Houston. The Chargers twice, Detroit. I mean, you're just hoping that, like, a team like Cleveland or the Chargers beat them or Vegas. But they should, you know, like, they're such an odd team. We need them to pick up three losses, and then they're done. Well, you have a feeling that they'll split with the Chargers because that's how the Chargers roll. Yeah. The Chargers are also pretty much out of it, I think. Um, I said last week that they could lose to Green Bay, yeah, and they, they did. Yeah, they got, they got a tough schedule. They play us. They play the, the Chiefs, so that could be two more losses right there. Baltimore, Denver twice. Baltimore, Denver They're twice. done. They're done. Yeah, that's a very tough schedule. Goodbye, Staley. Staley is gone. The team I am a little worried about, and it's not because of how good they are, it's because of their schedule, is Indianapolis. They're 5-5 five and five right now. They play Tampa Bay, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Vegas, and Houston. Their toughest game, I think, from here on is Houston. Like they're they're yeah. they're right there, and that's a team. Like I think Indy's a team that could go. They go five hundred over those those last seven games. I mean, you can't go five hundred over seven games. But let's say they go four and three, they're out of it. But they go five and two, and they're right in the mix, and that wouldn't be out of the picture with that schedule. Exactly. So, and that's what makes the AFC so freaky this year. Because look. We can count out the Chargers all we want at what four and six, but like they could win five games, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, hold on, like they can sneak in and they have a good roster, so it's like everybody's good, like even the Colts. Yeah, they don't have a solid roster per se, but they have playmakers all over the place where they can just get these guys the ball and try to win close games. It's weird. I think the thing that sucks is is right now if the Bills were seven and four instead of six and five, I'd have no no concerns about us making the playoffs. But we're six and five, so I'm concerned. And you know, you look at the New England game, you look at the Denver game. If they won one of those, like you wouldn't be concerned right now. No, but, you'd be in the driver's seat because 
you would have seven wins like the Chiefs, and you get to play them. Then yeah. you get to play Miami still. Yeah. The only team, you know, you were in the race for the one seed then at that point because the only team that you didn't have to play was Baltimore. Yeah. Well, the thing we talked about too was um, if you look at tiebreakers, like the teams that were up against in the wild card, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Houston. We don't play any of those teams. Exactly. So there is no head-to-head, so then it goes to conference. And we are kind of in control of our own conference destiny. Um, Right now, our conference record is not good. No, Um, not at all. I think it's – I have it right here. We're 3-5 and in the conference. But we have five conference games left, I think. I wrote this down somewhere. Yeah, we have – sorry, we have four conference games. So we're three and five. Yeah. You win all four. You're seven and five in the conference. That might be good enough just to sneak in, especially when a team like Houston, who at the moment is three and two in the conference and has seven conference games left, they might not be better than you. So also a team like Pittsburgh, they're four and three in the conference. They have five left. So Cleveland's five and two in the conference. They have five conference games left. They'll probably be okay. I mean they're seven and three. Yeah. But but you never know. You never know too. But Cleveland's in a weird spot where like yeah, DTR is a fun quarterback, and the defense is really good. But I' not gonna lie; they could lose every game, and I wouldn't be surprised because DTR is their quarterback. Yeah, and I love him; he's awesome. He was excellent at UCLA, but like he's not a pro guy. Yeah, so it's like they could lose every game, and I could just look at the quarterback position and be okay. That was why. Yeah, but well, obviously that defense is so freaking good that they can win any game. Speaking of losing every game for them, I mean they're seven and three. They were six and four right now. Maybe you know, maybe I would rather have them win that game over Pittsburgh. But I think Pittsburgh is. Well, the these worst games game. are all close. I mean, they barely beat Baltimore two weeks ago. Well, they, they should have lost Baltimore. They go to Denver next. They play the Ram- then they go to SoFi and play the Rams. Then they play the Jacksonville. They could go zero and three in those games. They play Chicago, who actually almost beat the Lions at Ford Field. They play Houston, the Jets, and Cincinnati. Like their schedule is not easy at all. No, that's a tough schedule. So, I mean, you're especially root- like the Jets game. Because, like, those teams are in the same spot. I mean, I brought this up to you last week with Aaron Rodgers could be back. And then Aaron Rodgers makes it interesting with the Jets. Because yeah. he would be back at that point. But if you look at the Jets and the Browns, are the same team right now. Yeah. A great defense. Not good quarterback play because their starting quarterback that they're paying millions of dollars is injured. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have the Browns beat Denver this next week. We're going to put out a tweet with, like, everybody who you should root yeah, for tomorrow. Who you should root for. Um... I would rather have the Browns beat Denver next week and give them their sixth loss so then like you can kind of eliminate them because they'll probably drop two more other games. I wouldn't count on it, but that would then put the Browns at 8-3. and three. They'll probably run away with a wild card spot. It helps us then because there's no tiebreaker, and Denver then is kind of out of it. So yeah. They're kind of due for a loss. I mean, Denver, Denver is, yes. Denver's kind of – this four-game winning, winning streak has been pretty fraudulent. I mean, they barely beat Josh Dobbs. They basically hey, handed us the game. Don't hate on Josh Dobbs. We're I'm not hating on we're him. We're going to have a segment, but you said they barely beat him. Well, I'm just saying they barely beat a team who's had a quarterback for two weeks. Um, Fair. We're going to have a segment on Josh Dobbs later, so stick around. And uh, they basically handed us the game. I, I honestly don't even know the two games before that, but yeah, D- Denver doesn't doesn't scare me. They're going to drop a few games or do. Probably, yeah. Okay, so this is I just mapped out before we kind of move on here. Um, who do we want to win? Jacksonville, Baltimore, and Cleveland. This is rest of season. And then Vegas, the Jets, and Cincinnati can help us out by playing spoiler to teams who are still in it. And then who do we want to lose? Miami, obviously. Denver, 
Pittsburgh, Houston, and Indy, and the Chargers, but they're probably out of it anyway. And before we move on, because the division race is not over, because the Dolphins have a hard schedule at the end of the season. They really do. Their last three games are tough. Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo. We're still in it. And the tiebreaker for the division, the first one is head-to-head. And right now we're 1-0 against them. And if we were to beat them again, we'd be 2-0. After that, it goes to the division. So let's say they we somehow have the same record. We're both 1-1 one one against each other. It goes to division. We're 2-2, two and two, and we play them in New England. They are 2-1. and one. They still have to play the Jets twice and us. They have the harder divisional schedule from here on out. And then in terms of conference, we're 3-5. and five. They're 5-2. Five and two. It would be hard to flip that. They do have the Jets play twice. They have they have Tennessee. Um, they have Baltimore and us. So there's potential that that could flip. But basically, if it comes into a win and you're in situation, which it very well could, I like us. I don't know. But the Raiders are good for nothing. I saw that game was close, and I was getting really hopeful. And I know. Yeah, but you knew that was going. I'm just happy that the Raiders played them close. To be honest, I'm happy you mentioned that because, like I said. That's a team that could play spoiler and really help us out. I don't know who their remaining schedule is, but I know they're on a few of those wildcard team schedules. So I really wanted them to win that game. It's a good segue into around the NFL, though. Um, as we said, the Browns beat the Steelers. Miami almost uh, lost to Vegas. The Bears surprised us. You know, I don't know if you guys watched that game. That was a crazy game. I kind of had to just rewatch all the highlights today and last night because I obviously I was at the game all day. Yeah, the Bears like really had the lead in that game for a while. Yeah, I saw the they were they were up ten with four minutes left. The Chargers and the Packers was probably the most boring game of the week. Um, the Texans barely beat Arizona because C.J. Stroud I think had three picks. He had a bad second half. It was a bad second half. He and then mean, he came out there and said, uh, "Steph Curry doesn't stop shooting." <laughs> You see his pregame and warm up, that's, and that's a uh, that's like a young. I love C.J. Stroud, yeah, but like Josh Allen throws three picks and it's a problem. Mm-hmm. He he throws three picks and it's like oh he's a baller. It's yeah. like yeah. what a double yeah. standard? Do you guys see the uh, his pregame warm up? Oh yeah, yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw he does nice all sorts still. of shoots basketballs and does yeah. a baseball swing and the tennis ball punch thing. Yeah, he's interesting. That actually, what you just brought up made me think of something quick. Did you guys? What did you guys think about the Hail Mary call at the end of the uh, second quarter? I like it. Why not? That's. I agree. Because I, I see some people complaining about it, saying, you know, like McDermott said it was an unnecessary turnover. There's I saw no... some people say you're risking injury. Like, take a shot if you can. Like, if if you can score more points, why not? Well, I had that issue with the the Bengals game at the end of the first half when. Mm-hmm. They were going to punt, and then you saw the Bengals letting the clock run down, and it was like, hold on a sec. Let's call timeout, and let's take a shot now because they're going to let the clock go down to one second so we can take a shot all of a sudden, you know. I like it. It's Who cares? I agree. Those are the interceptions that don't matter, and Josh has a ton of interceptions that don't matter. So, like, who cares? You're trying to score. I liked it. I mean, you're trying to do something, and the only thing that scared me was when he caught it and he had all the room in the world because it was underthrown and thrown in the wind. And I was like, this would be very Bills to like allow this interception return. Now, the thought I had, though, is that the first time we've seen Josh Allen throw a Hail Mary? I don't, I can't think of another time where I've seen him throw a Hail Mary. I Jets think we last have year. seen it before, yeah. Kind of last but year. But it wasn't like Davis a true, one-on-one. Like it wasn't it was a true, different, yeah. but it wasn't a true Hail Mary. Hold like, on, I'll I'm get there. I'm going to say he has. I feel, I feel like, like every time 
you know, somehow, you know, the other team only rushes three and they still get to the quarterback and Josh has no time on his Hail Marys. I feel like he's had at least one or two other ones. I want to say, like, I feel like he had one his rookie year, but I could be wrong. I don't think none of them have been meaningful, yeah. but I think he's had some other ones. And then the game that closed out our, um, our, our Sunday was the Denver Broncos beating the Minnesota Vikings 21 to 20. That came down to it. Good segue into our kind of becoming a weekly segment here. Player A, player a or player B, and it, it comes down to Josh Dobbs or question mark. So basically, would you take Josh Dobbs or the other quarterback for the next two to three years is our time frame. Two to three years? Yes. The time frame's important, JP, because sometimes he just starts asking questions, and I don't know. <laughs> does JP's he mean today listening. or for a year? JP's been listening. So. Two to three years. Got it. Two to three years. Josh Dobbs or Kenny Pickett? Dobbs. 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 Josh Dobbs or Jordan Love? Dobbs. Jordan Love. Dobbs. Dobbs. Easy. Wow, JP. Dobbs or Sam Howell? Sam Howell. Yeah, I got to go Sam Howell. I'd probably go Sam Howell. Josh Dobbs or Baker Mayfield? Oh, I love Baker. Baker. I'm going Dobbs. I'm going to go Dobbs as well. Josh Dobbs or Brock Purdy? Dobbs. Purdy sucks. Purdy. Yeah, this is tough. I'll probably go Purdy. It's Dobbs. It's Dobbs. Anyone can play quarterback it's in tough. that system. It's tough because Garoppolo like, got to a Super Bowl in that system. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just uh, the problem with me is like I'm like, well, if I drop Josh Dobbs on the Niners right now, he'd be good. But would he be better than Purdy? Yeah, if you okay. put Purdy on the Vikings, but if you though, put Purdy on the Vikings, on the, like, what if Purdy was on the Cardinals? That's the problem. Was like, <laughs> uh, okay, that's a fair assessment. If you put them both on trash teams, I think Dobbs would be better. But if you put them both on elite teams, I don't know if I could say Dobbs would be better. Yeah, I agree with that. No, I'm taking but like, Dobbs. But like, I don't know how Purdy would be on a different team. Purdy so stinks, and the fact that his MVP odds were better than Josh Allen's before this week is disgusting. Okay, so the next few quarterbacks, age will play a factor, obviously. Josh Dobbs or Deshaun Watson? This is so weird. This is an odd one. This is the weirdest one. This is odd. Still got to take Deshaun Watson. I think you have to. I think you got to go Deshaun. Yeah, yeah, just because you've seen Watson at his peak. Josh Dobbs or Russell Wilson? Next two to three years. Oh, two to three years? Give me Dobbs. I'm going going Dobbs. Russell's been hot, though. He looks like the Russ of old. I think I'm going to say Russ. I feel like they're similar quarterbacks, honestly. Josh Dobbs or Jared Goff? Goff. Goff. Yeah, Goff's been really good. Josh Dobbs or Tua? Tua. Tua. Max is giving me a look right now. Don't he might take Josh I don't know. Can, Actually, though, could you imagine Josh I don't know, Dobbs I mean, on I'm, the Dolphins? I'm thinking about if Dobbs. I don't think, they, I don't think he would. Have I ever seen Dobbs offense. throw, like, you know, a wide receiver screen and then have his receiver run the ball 70 yards? JP, you don't think he'd be good in that offense? I think I could be good in that I offense. I think <laughs> it's the same thing as the Niners. Tua if, makes good reads. If any, you know, it's. It's easier than Niners offense because it's just the most unbelievable system ever. I'm just curious. Actually, I take that back. Tua doesn't make good reads because it's all his first read is yep. usually his big play. I'm just curious. Like, if you were to be the Miami Dolphins quarterback from training camp onward, and let's just say like, you don't get hurt, you play all 17 games, what do you think your record would be? Like, McDaniel's going to scheme around you here. I think I could win like three games. <laughs> three? I don't I think, think I could so. win like three games. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, I would hand the ball off to HN just as good. I would give Tyreek Hill a screen. I mean, if you gave me all training camp, JP is giving me this it, look. It's funny to think I'm until holding, you... I'm holding back right I, now. Until you think about him standing behind the offensive line, and then you're like... Yeah. Dude, you are... running away? You're the same size as your right tackle's leg? It's like, yeah. Do you imagine, no. like, 
you're you're then the Dolphins and like Micah Parsons is coming after you. Oh my goodness. That's all, what I'm saying. It's all funny games until it's here all comes those, here comes Miles Garrett. <laughs> it's like okay. All yeah. the 300 pound linemen are all faster than you too. Not all. Of them. You get sacked. No you get no sacked way. and everybody lands on you too. It's the worst. GP, I got all I got all training camp to get that speed up, that agility. You've had all your life to get your speed <laughs> <I know>. up. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm not playing in the NFL here. I'm not playing in the NFL here. The most I've done is have a hockey and baseball career. Okay. My answer, it's a though, little different on ice. My answer, <laughs> though, my honest answer, I could win one game. You, you think one? One game, dude. What if you're playing like Arizona? Like you don't mean you can't. You mean you wouldn't be able to hand the ball off to Achan and like have him go seventy yards of the house? Like they put up seventy on Denver. Like you don't think you could win that game at quarterback? I don't think. I don't look. Here's the thing. Look, this is an interesting. <laughs> I'm not saying it would be easy. An, like, it's an interesting argument. But look at this. A couple weeks ago, Stafford was hurt. And who goes in a quarterback for the Rams? Exactly. Ripen. And it was if you if you didn't watch it, go back and watch it. It was probably the worst display of quarterbacking in football you've ever seen. I and we're know. talking about a guy who's a professional. He played D one and he's he was the backup. So if you're telling me that guy can't throw the ball to Puka Nakua and, and Cooper Cup, but you can go in and win three games as the quarterback for the Mike Miami Dolphins. Daniel is my OC and he knows I suck. Sean McVay you ever, you ever is see me, still good. You ever see me in the front yard, man? I could throw that pigskin. <laughs> Shut I, up. I'd just watch your feet and I'd know. <laughs> okay. We're moving on. Done with the... the someone's going to clip that and like put it on Miami Dolphins Twitter. Yeah, let like, them. There's, two there's like... Slander. Yeah, for their five fans. It's a joke. To, their five fans to talk about. Yeah, exactly. We got to move on to college football. JP, you're here for a college football segment. Usually you'd stand in the corner. You'd go on your phone. We're going to make you make picks. Oh, Attaboy. Geez. Come on, rivalry week, JP. Here uh, we go. It is rivalry week, actually, so this is a good Get one. Get ready. Mississippi at Mississippi State. The Egg Bowl. Here we go. <laughs> is it actually called the Egg Bowl? It's the Egg Bowl. Who do you got, that. JP? Mississippi. Interesting. Ole Miss. Good good pick. Yeah, I'd go Ole Miss. They're Ole Miss. 12. Jackson Dart. Iowa at Nebraska. This is... What is, is the over/under? A game? classic. I'm not looking at over/unders. It's yeah, probably this has got to be you know like five. seven. <laughs> no, it's it's mid thirties probably. You know what was funny? Iowa played Rutgers a couple weeks ago. The over/under was twenty nine and a half. It closed at twenty eight and a half. I've never seen it that low before. And the under hit. Yeah, I, unbelievable. I saw that. Unbelievable. I will. I will. Iowa will win. Yeah, three Iowa's to two. Pretty good, aren't they? It'll be three to two. Iowa. They're ranked, but it's the classic. So they're gonna go. They'll win this game. They already got their spot, I, I believe, after winning last week. Um, so they'll go. They're the Big Ten West champs. They'll go to the Big Ten championship, and then they will get the shit kicked out of them by the winner of Michigan-Ohio State. It happens every year. It's, 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 it's a tradition as old as time. It's tradition in the Big Ten. Whoever wins the Big Ten West gets killed, and this is the last year of it because next year all those other teams come over. TCU at Oklahoma. I'll go Oklahoma. I agree. This is a good one. Shootout and Oklahoma wins. Number 23 ranked Toledo at Central Michigan. Toledo. I didn't even know they ranked them. Toledo. Yeah, sure, Toledo. UTSA at Tulane. I'll go Tulane. Tulane. UTSA is tough, but Tulane is weird. I I feel like they underachieve a lot even though they're ranked. Number 10, Missouri at Arkansas. I'll go Mizzou. Yeah. Mizzou is na- I love Mizzou this year. I they're really good. Texas Tech at number seven. Texas, Texas. Yeah, Texas. Texas they need it. Number eleven. Penn State at Fraud. Michigan State. 
uh, <laughs> Penn State by about 90 points. Yes. Any way they want. I'd probably put Penn State up by 100. 90 is generous. Yeah, I would say that except Drew Aller sucks. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's fine. I could play quarterback for Penn State and win. <laughs> I don't know, man. Watch that offense <laughs> is pretty bad. <laughs> Number 15, Oregon State at number 6, Oregon. This was one of the best games of the week. Civil War, not called that anymore. They don't call it that anymore. Oregon okay. is so freaking good. We're Oregon. Gonna, we're going to cancel you, Max. Just Oregon. You they, I don't know why they I don't know why they made them change that, but it's not called that anymore. Oregon. Oregon has been so good recently. Kentucky at number 9, Louisville. I'll go Louisville. They're at home. <sighs> Kentucky. See, this is where I think Louisville loses in reality. It's tough. Where was it again? In Kentucky? It's in Louisville. It's in Louisville. I changed my mind then. Louisville. <laughs> Upset. Give me Kentucky. Okay. Uh, Next game is the big one. The game. Number two, Ohio State. At number three, Michigan. Max, we'll toss it to you. I have not decided. I've well, been thinking pick. about it all year. This is awesome. Is this the Harborough return game? Or is no, he's week? he's out. Oh, I thought I thought it was only for a few games. Three you games. Casual. The oh, the rest, just, it was so regular season. The rest of the regular season. So, it's this is weird because I don't think McCord, um, the quarterback for Ohio State's any good. I'm sure Ryan Hagen over here could go in at quarterback and throw the ball to Marvin Harrison. And yeah, I could probably win this game for Ohio State. Have <laughs> no. you, you ever see those TikToks where it's like me throwing the ball to my son? And, oh, it's yeah. all over my. It's all <laughs> yeah. over the page right now. I think I'm 2010 Philip Rivers. I, like, think, <laughs> I think I'm Johnny Manziel in his prime. That's me right now. It's the funniest when they pick like random players too. Yeah, <laughs> like the guy who's like good for a few years. Exactly. I, I, think, just, I'm, I think I'm 2014 Joe Flacco. Or just whatever. like random stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back to Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think McCord's that good, but I think Michigan's offensive line is not as good as it's supposed to be, and Ohio State has a really good defensive line, and both these defenses are so good. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be gross. Will jo- Will Johnson's going to have his hands full covering Marvin Harrison. That's going to be an awesome matchup on the outside. You I'm, can't cover him. I'm very excited to watch. We're talking about one of the best corners in the nation versus the best receiver in the nation. So this is going to be an, an awesome matchup all around. I'm leaning Ohio State right now in a low-scoring, gross game. And everything is on the line here because I don't think the loser of this game gets in the playoffs. What's the weather like? Anyone know? I mean, we're talking about Michigan in November. In Ann Arbor in November, man, last two years ago when they beat them there, it was snowing, I think. I mean, we're supposed to have some nasty weather for the UB game, you know, tomorrow if you're listening, it's today. So, it puts a factor this time of year. It is. What's the weather supposed to be like in Philly this weekend? That's a good question. I'll look at that up. Well, JP, JP, you got your answers. pick? JP, you got your pick? I'm going to say Michigan, um, mainly like just because Michigan is better than MSU, so I'm going to always cheer for Michigan. I'm going to go Michigan just because I think they have a chip on their shoulder now that everyone's accusing them of cheating. Yeah, and, and that's the stupidest. Oh, I don't follow college football, but that seems like the stupidest chip on his shoulder. It's so annoying. They're wearing shirts of Harbor like he freaking died. He cheated. I love it. I, I kind of love it. They did cheat, 100%. Everybody cheats. It's college football. They, okay? And you know they did because so they, they filed the to appeal the suspension for Harbaugh, and then clearly the courts showed them the evidence they had. 
and then they decided to withdraw their appeal. So like clearly they were like, "No, you guys got us. Yeah, we're we're out." Dude, it's college football. Like what? Well, first, SEC team or Big Ten team is not cheating. So here's the thing with with college football, you can't use electronics to cheat. No, no, no. Like to talk to your quarterbacks and <laughs> okay. stuff because. Yeah, a school like Bama or Michigan or Ohio State, of course they could afford that stuff. But look at like the uh, like New Mexico State, like those programs can't afford that. They can't put an AirPod in their quarterbacks here. <laughs> this is my understanding. They can't afford all this okay. stuff. So it, it's it's an unfair advantage to the schools that bring in you know millions and millions of dollars. That's get, my understanding. Get your money up. Like Texas A and M, they bought out Jimbo Fisher, paid him seventy four million dollars. I'm sorry, I just I refuse to believe that that these colleges with massive budgets, even the low level D ones, can't find some sort of communication to their players on the field. I don't know. I that's, refuse to that's, believe that. That's my understanding. I'm not saying it's not wrong. But I'm, I'm not looking saying. at the books. Maybe we can go to our in in house accountant over here. Release the tax. Release the tax. I just know what I know. Release their statements. So who's winning the game? I said Michigan's going to win. Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Oh, by the way, in Philly on Sunday, cloudy with a high of 42. Okay. Cody with a chance of meatballs. Moving on. Texas A&M at LSU. Cody with a chance of Josh Allen touchdowns. How about now, that? Now we got Texas the, A&M at LSU. The Heisman favorite, Jaden Daniels. I'm going LSU. LSU will probably win. JP? Senior, I think it's senior day for him, too. JP? Who would you say? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can Texas, cut this. Texas a- No, we're not cutting it. <laughs> Texas A&M at LSU. Um... I'm going to say LSU. I don't know what they do over there at the State Report, but we don't cut things. Uh-oh, we're low power. Okay, we're back. Laptop almost died. That would have been bad. Number eight, Alabama at Auburn. The, the Iron, Iron Bowl. Bowl. Here we go. Bama will kill them. Yeah, I got Bama. Bama. But they are in Auburn. So They're red hot, though. They're red hot. Undefeated Liberty at 22. Watch out for these guys. They might just make the college football playoff at UTEP. Probably not, but what they might do is claim the national championship if they go undefeated. If you go undefeated, love when teams do that. And you don't get in the playoffs. I know your liberty, but like, just claim it. Who cares? Well, that's what. Yeah, UCF did that. Just and put the banner up, like. Oh yeah, no, UCF put a fake banner up. I think. Good times. Mahomes is to the podium right now following this Eagles loss, and he is mad. His stat line is trash. Twenty-four, forty-three, one seventy-seven, two touchdowns and a pick. Chiefs fall seven and three. Moving on. Moving along. Vanderbilt at Tennessee. Tennessee needs a big bounce back win. Tennessee. Tennessee. I've picked every ranked team. Number 16, Arizona. Arizona State. I won't pick the ranked team here. Arizona State's at home. Give me Arizona State. Now, Arizona's been so good recently. They've been red hot. Got to stick with them. Jameson? Um, I agree with Max. <laughs> okay. <laughs> BYU at number 21, Oklahoma State. Give me the Mormons. No, I love it. The, the, the nation's leading rusher, Ollie Gordon, and the Pokes. Oklahoma State. I, I pick them every week here. Oklahoma State. All day. We have number 24, James Madison at Coastal Carolina. They lost the juice. But that defense is still legit, so JMU. JP? That sucks that they lost, and so now they can't claim the national championship either. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Why do they Thank have you. the Lions in there as the best chance for the number one seed? Oh, you missed it. They might. I don't know. They had the. It has to the, be based off remaining schedule. No, it was in the AFC because they play the Bills next week. Oh, it's probably an error. Never mind. <laughs> it was an error. 
Washington State at Washington. Washington. Oh, you know what this one's called, JP? The Apple Cup. <laughs> That's cool. Like Apple, like the like the iPad? Like or? the fruit. Oh. Give, give me Michael Penix and the boys. Gotta go with Washington Huskies. Where do they rank now? Fourth. Four. Fourth, yeah. Number five, Florida State at Florida. Florida State doesn't have their quarterback. I think Florida's going to beat them. Yeah, Florida State. Number 17, Notre Dame at Stanford. Nerds versus nerds. Give me the superior nerds. Give me Stanford. Oh, <laughs> disgusting pick. Bad, They're bad, smarter. Bad pick. Give me the Irish. Biggest rivalry game of the week or right estimate. here. estimate. Sorry, Max. Go ahead. Biggest rivalry game of the week right here. Georgia at Georgia Tech. Oh, this is a good one. Georgia you know what they call this one, JP? Murder. Good old, <laughs> good old fashioned hate. Good old fashioned hate. But let's not forget Georgia Tech. They beat a ranked UNC team this year, but they're probably lose by sixty-five. What's the spread? I could not tell you. I don't know. Well, it's not enough. Sorry, I can tell you it's not enough. Iowa State at Kansas State. Kansas State. That's the Jayhawks, right? Kansas is the Jayhawks, yeah. I like the Jayhawks. Rock Chalk? I'm with you. I was trying to Google the Georgia-Georgia State line quick, but I can't find it. It's probably hilarious. It's probably like 50 points at least. I'll look it up. I don't know. Max will get on that. You guys got anything else? I mean, that's going to wrap up this pod. I don't really have anything. It was good to have you back, JP. I mean, it's nice to be back. We've missed you. We've Thank been you. been away for a while. The Bills have sucked. Mm-hmm. John's been undedicated the last two weeks. Max was sick. It was an odd. Oh, dynamic. you said Iowa State, Kansas State. My bad. No, Kansas, so much, Kansas uh, State will beat him in Farmageddon. Okay, this is suspect. Georgia's favored by twenty-four points. Very suspect. That's it. That's it. Georgia by murder. Unless that line is supposed to be the first half. I don't know. <laughs> It's probably good I haven't been on the pod in the last few weeks because I think I would have blown a gasket. Um, that Tuesday after the Bills lost and the Sabres lost was one of my lowest points as a sports fan. So Jeez. I wow. genuinely mean that. So it's um, you know it, it's it's nice to win one sometimes. Since we're like deep into the podcast and we just have like a little time, I'm just curious like. What were your thoughts on, like, because you weren't here, like, Dorsey being fired and, like, how the things were going? Yeah, because, like, for like, me, I was upset, and then I got the news that Dorsey was fired, and I was like... We're back. We have the whole season in front of us now. So where were you at that point? So on that Tuesday, that was probably the first time where I was legitimately questioning McDermott, um, and... Same thing about Donnie Meatballs for the Sabres. I was legitimately questioning both of them. Um, so while it was nice, I mean, I I said 11 months ago that this team would go nowhere if Dorsey was our offensive coordinator, and that stood true because we would have gone nowhere. Um, but, man, McDermott's got to take some responsibility sometimes. You know, like, there's been too many times where, like, his defense has failed, or he's made a dumb mistake, a coaching mistake, 12 men on the field, and he just doesn't own up to it. And it's, you know, I don't know. Like, McDermott's not going anywhere, and I'm not calling for his head, but I, I'm finally starting to question him, and I've defended him the whole time. But it's just, 
too many of these games, man. 13 seconds. The Broncos game. We got, what, the Vikings game. The Houston game when in, when uh, our first playoff year. Um, well, second. Se- second. First real playoff year. Um, real. What other game? <laughs> the Hal Murray um, what other? There's, I think I'm missing Patriots one. Patriots win game. Sean Patriots Dur- win game. It's Sean just some Dermott. stupid games. Like the the Chiefs never lose a game like that. Like these good teams don't lose so many games like that. I mean, I didn't realize Sean McDermott just, was on the field for Hale Murray. Well, <laughs> it's just another example it, of a game. Yeah, it's just another example of a game that it's just happened too many times under him. Do you so, like Donnie Meatballs? Uh, I'm questioning his lineup decisions right now. I still like him. But at the end of the day, Dorsey's gone. So the Bills actually have hope because we would have gone nowhere with him. I agree. Let Joe Brady cook, man. I said it last week. I got my same. You guys didn't notice I'm in my same sweatshirt. I mean, Max wouldn't know. Have you washed it? Nope. No. It's a sweatshirt. I have a shirt on underneath it. Do you wash a hoodie after you wear it? This is a good question. Every time. Are you no, serious? No. Okay, exactly. Two or three times. I'm not kidding, though. I'm not kidding. I wore a new Bill shirt last week for the game. I'm not washing it until they lose. I haven't worn... <laughs> this could be a slippery slope, but... I haven't worn my Josh Allen jersey in three weeks. I haven't worn my full Bill's attire in a few weeks. So yeah. They've really brought the me down on the, on the... Down on the confidence level. So... Yeah, I've given up on the Josh jersey. I wore a Doug Flutie jersey the Denver game. I thought that could be like a, a mix. I mean, it's not even mine. It's my parents. I wasn't. I was like one when Doug Flutie was our quarterback. But we're rambling. Well, I mean, I have a Bruce Smith jersey, so I don't think it matters. But that's not Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie's like ran- more random. You know? Yeah, but they had Bruce Smith's like the best. He had his own cereal line. He's like the best. That's true. But Bruce Smith's like the best Bills player of all time. Like at his respectable position. Oh, definitely at his position. NFL leader for sacks, man. Did you guys see the um, the one jersey that someone had at the Bills game? Oh, I saw it. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. No, I didn't see yeah, it. It was funny. The allegedly jersey? It was no. It was number 32, and then it was allegedly <laughs> on, on the back. That's interesting. <laughs> didn't James Wilder Jr. We had a running back worth 32, right? James Wilder Jr. or something? <laughs> James, I hope he gives luck. No, no. Pe- there was a guy recently. There was somebody recently that wore 32. People on Twitter were actually confused. I was th- this one guy was literally in the comments. He was like, "I'm a, I'm a Bills fan, and I don't even know what this means." Like, you're not a Bills fan, then. Dude, you don't even need to be a Bills fan to like <laughs> no. understand it. Like that was yeah every that was like an everyday thing back in the day. <laughs> yeah, all players to wear 32 for the Bills. It was Sonoris Perry. Oh, that's yeah. Sonoris Perry wore good, it in that's good preseason jersey. There's a guy. Okay, ready for this? It's a guy in 1968 who wore it. Um, right before OJ, his name was Gary McDermott. Wow, <laughs> Sean's, Sean's forgotten uncle, Sean's grandpa. <laughs> so, okay, let's get out of here. Thank you guys. If you listen, you made it this far. Appreciate you listening, coming back every week. If you made it, uh, if you're new here, subscribe to the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts on Spotify. I was actually shocked. We have more people listening at Apple Podcasts than Spotify. I'm a Spotify guy. I am too. Thank you to all the listeners. Um, follow us on Twitter. We've been cooking. Follow us on Instagram. We got some graphics there, some interesting content there. Uh, follow us on TikTok. John, I know, is looking to pop up some more TikToks, so maybe we'll get some more TikToks from John. I post some too. 
Uh, YouTube, we're going to revitalize the BST YouTube, so follow us there for podcast clips. If you can't listen to a podcast, we're going to post a clip there probably for every podcast, maybe every other. We'll see. It depends on when. Um, I think that's all we got. Shout out to the guys at the City Report. Always doing a good job. Sometimes. Sometimes. sometimes they're questionable. Sometimes. I can't, like, cr- like shit talk JP now in the City Report because he's here. I mean, I could. I just Oh, we could talk face. about Jonah. Screw that guy. <laughs> JP trying to oh, unplug. Yeah. J- Coincidence, JP's trying right. to unplug our mics here when we start talking crap. I don't know. Let's I, get out of here. I got one more thing, by the way. Okay, here we and go. Because I, I, I started this a couple weeks ago. Shohei Otani watch. Yes. Shohei Otani watch. Here Last we week, a, interested in three teams, one of those being the Boston Red Sox. Yes. And Yamamoto. We want Yamamoto and Shohei. Give us all the, all the Japanese players. We already got Yoshi, Shohei. And I'll bring me Yamamoto too. Here, we here do we not come. care. We do not well, care. Well, Jonah cares. He's Jonah listening. cares. He'll yeah, that's happy. for Jonah. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Bills by a billion. Let Joe Brady cook.